Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. There we are, once again for episode three of Roots and Rhymes. Glad to be building some momentum with the shows, but of course... It wouldn't be nothing without the legend that is Mac. How are you doing, Chance? I'm looking forward to this one, brother. Oh, me too. Me too. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, there's a still lockdown, still dealing with all that kind of stuff, but using that, using that time to be as productive as possible. Yeah, definitely. But something we have to say before we crack on with the upcoming show, I just want to say a few words about the injustice that's currently happening in the U.S., People are being creative with showing their support of Black Lives Matter movement, especially popular brands and the use of music. But what's going on at the moment is a complete atrocity. It's um, really, really sad stuff. It's, I mean, it's just devastating to see. And, you know, Roots and Rhymes, we talk about the influence of hip hop and R&B and black culture into our generation, onto our people as Asian people. And we celebrate black culture and we embrace it when we want to. And people do that all the time. We have to stand strong with our brothers and sisters. We have to not stay silent. And, you know, you bringing this point up and starting the podcast with this theme is because we don't want to stay silent on this matter. We want to show our support. What's happening with racism across the world is not right. It hasn't been right for a long time, but we have to talk about, it. we have to raise the awareness of it. And people are doing some amazing, wonderful things is, you know, people coming together from all walks of life to show solidarity, to show support. And we stand with those people side by side. And, you know, it's so sad to see what happened with George Floyd and other people who have lost their life. Let's not forget about those people too. Mm. Enough's enough. Yeah, absolutely. Enough is enough. But I mean, as you said, it's really sad what happens, George Floyd, but this thing happens, especially in the US, day in, day out, where in a country where a black man can't be stopped for a routine stop without potentially thinking that he may lose his life is, is really, really sad. And I know, as you said, we need to stand next to our black brothers and sisters. Uh, but being brown people as well, there's, we have similar struggles, but. In this moment and time, black lives do matter. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we need, really need to put that message across. And it's great, as I said, that different brands are coming in solidarity of that. Mm. And a lot of people are expressing themselves through music and giving themselves a voice and a platform to help them get through it, to give people hope. And I think for both of us, and I speak for both of us, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's why we fell in love with music. Yeah, because of the unity it brings, because of the influence it can have, the uh, inspiration that it can drive. And, you know, music is one of those things where you, you see at the protests people playing music that really drives them, that really brings up this emotion and it's necessary and it's going to help people to heal and it's going to help people to gain the power that they need to. And it's going to bring people together. And this is the power that music has. And as I say, uh, you know, the, the every community, every race needs to support any kind of injustice and any kind of racism. Right now, we need to focus on Black Lives Matter because it's so such a pressing priority, and music is one of those things that can that can play its part. And we, you know, we stand for it. And you know, as as I mentioned before, we can't just embrace other people's culture when it suits us. If we're going to embrace it. Let's embrace all of it. If we want to take parts of it and be inspired by it let's stand with them when it's not so good and that's what's happening right now hip-hop has this amazing influence and it's like it's really nice to embrace it we need to embrace the other part of the culture which is the prejudice and the oppression that they face too i'm fucked up homie you fucked up but if god got us then we- 
we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Huh? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I'll be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the bass down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven. No preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster. Silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Okay, so coming up on the show, we've got a recording artist who not a lot of people know. He's been in the game for the best part of 10 years. He was very understated in the beginning, featured on um, or with a lot of uh, the big, big Punjabi industry producers early on in his career. But he's he's doing massive things now, Mac. And it's it's going to be a great conversation with him. I know it. It is. It's a, a young a young man with a wise head on his shoulders. Uh, someone who, like you say, has been around a lot longer than you know you think. Actually, it's like oh. Oh, I didn't realize he'd been around that long. You know, someone who is going to bring the roots is going to bring that this he feel is going to bring some of that culture into this podcast. Really excited to hear what hear what he's got to say. He's. He's got, he's got a bit of an old soul as well, which is really, really good um, because it brings another dimension to his uh, to his game. And it's it's going to be really good getting him on the show today. I'm looking forward to this one. This one's uh, it's, it's going to bring a different flavor completely. And as I say, every week we can carry on talking about it, but let's just get to it. Let's do it. Roots and Rhymes. So, hey, Matt, we've got another great guest on the show today. I'm looking forward to this one once again, building some really good momentum with the show as well. It gets better every week. And I know that we, you do a really good job of picking guests who are insightful, who've got a great story to tell, who really are passionate about music and have such interesting things to t- talk to us about. This is going to be another fantastic episode. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been a bit more kind of hip hop-esque and we've been talking about that side of things, but we really want to get somebody on that really has an influence on the Punjabi uh, music industry yeah. as well. And uh, we can talk real Bhangra and we can get into that side of things. So really, really looking forward well, to this Well, you one. can. I'll try and contribute as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so with uh, no further ado, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to our today's special guest. He's one of the most refreshing voices in the industry today. Yielding from the Midlands, he's now crossing borders internationally. But in between the music and fitness studio... He's working with the era's most prolific Punjabi producers. And controversially, he's probably one of the best sounding singers unplugged. It's Jakhtar. How are oh, you doing, that, bro? That was, a, that was a brilliant, brilliant introduction, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? You all right? I'm doing very good, man. How are you guys doing? We're yeah, doing really, really, really. Yeah, man. We really, really look forward to having you on the show. Uh, oh, glad you, you could join us today. Um, so how's things been in lockdown for you? It's been crazy, actually. I mean... Um, uh, it, it's been it's been kind of like you same with everyone you sort of worlds just sort of turned upside down with work and <laughs> you know not being able to see your family and everything so it took me a couple of weeks to adjust my mindset to everything but now I'm well in well, well in the way of sort of just living the lock, lockdown sort of uh, lifestyle so what about you guys how has it been for you guys lockdown yeah you know what I think we touched on this last week didn't we Matt where we basically said it's you kind of started off a bit slow and, but people are finding like ways and technology to kind of continue with life now. So we're obviously the podcast is a child of it. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we're kind of thankful for that. And it's given us yeah, a good opportunity. Yeah. Otherwise we'd just be too busy doing everything else yeah, uh, to sure. even uh, spend the time and dedicate it to the podcast. So really thankful for that. Mac, what about you? Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those strange situations where it came out of the blue, it hit everyone really hard and you had to adjust quickly to try and make the most of the situation. That's all you could really do. There's a lot of negativity around. There's a lot of things going on that we just can't control. And it was that reminder of, okay, what can we can control right now? How do we get into new routines? And even from the perspective of we've got a lot more downtime, what are we going to do with that downtime to make it productive? And, Mm. you know, so for me, it's just about trying to keep as active as possible, but I guess for someone in, in, you know, in your industry, um, you know, I'm trying to find creative outputs for my time, but for you, have you found this a time where you can actually uh, spend more time being creative? 
You know, it was um, it was it was quite a difficult one initially um, because, as you can imagine, your mind's all over the place with what's going on. Yeah, so absolutely. for the first couple of weeks, I think I, I probably I had a writer's block. Um, not only with melodies, I usually can come up with them all day long, but even even then, in those first two weeks, it was pretty bad. Um, mm. And then, of course, like with with the with the project that we did recently, um, that's with Dastetu, it, it kind of unlocked my mind. So since that song. Since that, since you know creating that song, I've it's kind of unlocked my creativity again. So it was, it was sort of the inspiration that I needed to to then become more more creative. And now, of course, being in lockdown, you have so much free time. And um, as you guys sort of birthed, you know, this podcast, it was the same thing with Dusted. Do I think that that sort of uh, you know opportunity probably wouldn't have come across? I wouldn't have come across it if it wasn't for lockdown. So um, it's crazy how you know such a negative situation can actually have certain positives come out of it. You know what? I I think you've knocked the nail on the head there. Yeah, so yeah. even though it's had an impact on shows and and the live side of things, I think you're right. Taking that introduction of the new song that's they do alongside Rishi Rich and Restore. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Big congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You must be buzzing off the success of the the release, though. Um, yeah, it's overwhelming, really. I mean, my expectations, I don't ever keep them high. You know, I always keep them sort of low, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's completely exceeded my expectations. And, you know, it's only been, well, you know, a couple of days since release, but but so far, so good. So, yeah, I, I can't complain. <laughs> Let's take it back. Know your roots. So, some would say that you're a bit of an understated singer in the industry for quite a, quite a while now. Not a lot of people know that you've been around since probably around 2010, 2011. <laughs> so th- that's that's quite a long time. So was music something that was bred in you from a young age and it was uh, it was within your household mm. and growing up? It, it was definitely played. Music was played everywhere, um, you know, in the house and on TV, in the car. Uh, but in terms of, you know, my family, there's no one really in my family that actually did music or, you mm. know, pursued it as a career, as a singer, as a musician. So I was, I was the first one in my family to do that. Um, but they were big music fans. So, um, yeah, definitely growing up, if, if it wasn't for my family who were music, you know, musically, you know, fans of so many different artists, I don't think I would have had the exposure to, to the, the, the you know, the artists that I did yeah. have exposure to. So, yeah. What kind, of, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? I mean, was it was it Punjabi music or was it a bit of everything? What what um, was in the car on the way to on the way to like uh, weddings and and <laughs> on the way to school? What were you listening to? It was mainly Punjabi music, and um, at that time, you know, growing up, I'd say sort of you know four, five, six, seven years old, it was mainly folk Punjabi music. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, you know, all the yeah. legends, Gudasman. So. That's really where my inspiration started. Um, mm. Those amazing, you know, I always say Bindirakia is the best and no one's ever going to beat him. Like he was, <laughs> uh, he was unreal. No, definitely. Unreal. I don't think a lot of people will argue with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just unbelievable. Um, so those sort of singers, um, as I can imagine, loads of other singers have had them as their inspirations growing up. But but that it was mainly Punjabi folk music. That was that yeah. was what I first started listening to. Well, I think I think that's the case with a lot of people, um, maybe around your age. How, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, I'm 26. Okay, so well, actually, yeah. that's that's a little bit younger than because a lot of 26 year olds right now would not necessarily say the, yeah, the yeah, folk yeah. stuff. So that's would you say you've got a bit of an old soul when it comes to yeah, the folk? and not only that, I think I think it just depends on your family, right? So with my family, I had my Bibi and Baba around me, and you know, um, my older siblings. Um, that, that's what they used to listen to so being the youngest you know sibling that, you know I would just listen to whatever they used to listen to when I was young so yeah. it was always these sort of artists so yeah <laughs> you know it always starts at home doesn't it and it's it been the general theme across the podcast we've uh, we've discussed it up until now is that it always starts uh, either oh the siblings what they're listening to and then what your parents yeah. are listening to yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing but then you, you probably end up finding your own feet as well as you grow up and you go to school because obviously yeah. We, we, we've seen from your, your socials and that kind of stuff. You don't just limit yourself to, uh, mm-hmm. to uh, Punjabi music or Bhangra music. Yeah. You like Hindi, you yeah. like uh, R&B, that style. So yeah, when did yeah. that influence start coming into play? I, th- I think, you know, just when you grow up, you sort of develop your own style and your own uh, taste. So you're kind of um, restricted to a certain extent when you're young to to whatever everyone else, especially if the youngest, you listen to what everyone else is listening to, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. I obviously didn't have a complaint with, uh, complaint with at all. Um, 
But um, yeah, so an initial uh, music, uh, what what really got me involved with singing was actually Girtan at, at the Godra. And mm. so when I was around five, six, seven years old, like my whole family would go and we, that's really my first exposure to instruments and, um, you know, harmonium and double R and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so I did that for around a year or so. And that I think really was the the, the, the start of, of me starting to sing. And then throughout the years, I mean, we're talking like sort of Jazzy B, Diljeet, you know, growing up at primary school, secondary school, I used to idolize Jazzy B, um, <laughs> you know, his style. I just loved how unique he was. Obviously, yeah. his voice is crazy. And I could sing his songs, obviously, then I could because my voice hadn't broken. <laughs> and then, and then, um, and then my, voice, my voice broke, so um, it got a lot deeper and, and my range changed and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so because of that, I think I did change what I was listening to. So that's when, um, you know, in secondary school, sort of college era, I used to listen to a lot of English music um, growing up. Um, you know, R&B, everyone loved R&B at that stage. And, yeah. um, and, and also... Um, you know, like the the sort of playback singing that Arijit sing, you know, throughout university, the Hindi that the Hindi music, you know, the Bollywood music only really came through, I think, you know, in college. So it's quite later okay. on down in the line. Yeah. Um, and now I think it's just like all those different exposures, all the, all those different inspirations of kind of showing through the music now that I'm, I'm making. Yeah, so that that's kind of helped shape your style a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely, definitely. But, so when you were at college, you, you said that obviously the Hindi came into play. Was that because of the way the industry was and Hindi really ramped up through, or was it more of a case of the the people that you were surrounded with? Um, I, I think, you know, I, I always used to watch the classic Bollywood movies as a kid. So, you know, those mm. classic songs, I always had those in my head as well, yeah. as, as well as the folk Punjabi music. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, as you said, you know, the Bollywood industry was huge, um, but it was really like the melodies and it was something so different uh, musically as well. And, you know, the production mm. value of these songs are so like, the music production is, is done on a different level. Yeah. That's what absolutely. I noticed. And that's what I could, my ears were noticing was like, this is amazing the way it's mixed, the way it's mastered. Mm. It's just like on a different level, especially yeah. in that period of time. Like now I think Punjabi music is definitely hitting the same levels of production. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, the technicalities of it all, but, um, but at that point, you know, Bollywood music was on a different level in that, in that sense. I think you're right there. And, and you've touched on something, a really good point. I think, like you say, around what probably about ten years ago, it yeah. was you could you could hear the production value in these Hindi songs, mm -hmm. and there were so many layers to them and so many yeah. levels. And like you said, mastered so well. Whereas Bhangra, I think, was a bit rough and ready, wasn't it? And yeah, it was kind yeah. of it was kind of hinging on um, on its uh, its kind of popularity and the singers themselves, as opposed to yeah. the production value. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think that that's a really good point there. I think um, that's a great, it's a great point that because, you know, one of the conversations that we've had over the last few weeks was, you know, some people like me, for example, I, I haven't been heavily influenced by Pungra or that side of, uh, of music, but very much so by hip hop and R&B. And for me, one of the things I always noticed growing up was that production value. One of them felt very um, well mastered, well created. And Pungra obviously coming from folk roots, you know, it was, it was more like a live kind of thing than high quality yeah. production value. Hindi music, Bollywood music was very, very high production value. And it's, it's, I think it's an excellent point that it's evolving over time now and it's starting to stand mm -hmm. out as in it knows it needs to evolve to, to really stand the test of yeah. time and to kind of move with the times as well, because it's just not good enough to kind of have those low yeah, production exactly. values now. I think also moving into a digital era as well, Mac, um, mm. it needs to sound really good. Otherwise it's just going to, it's not going to pass, you know, streaming yeah. HD quality through headphones, even better sounding headphones. Yeah. Mm. Before, let's say early days, it was records. You could get away with it on a vinyl or on I mean, a CD. The guy, the, I mean, the guys yeah. nowadays, the, the younger people, the younger generation are bringing this through. I'm sure you see that as well, Jack Darway. It's like this now is being pushed forward by people who are going to learn this stuff. They're not just... Yeah, sitting in the bedroom doing a bit here and there. They're going yeah, yeah. and studying this, they're understanding instrumentation, not just how to play, but how to manipulate it through, uh, yeah. you know, electronic devices and mix and master properly. It's a whole. That's a whole skill set. Yeah, it is. It's a whole separate skill set. And um, yeah, as you said, the newer producers like I'm working. Uh, one of my good friends, um, he's actually studying mixing and mastering. He's from London, and he sort of said that 
you know, if he didn't do these sort of courses, his production would be completely different. And and you're right. So absolutely, especially in today's you know market now, you're you're putting your your songs up against all these other songs. And and if they're if you're in a playlist and and you haven't mixed your song properly and you haven't mastered your song properly, it will stick out straight away, even to the common ear. Now yeah. it's come to the point where so if you haven't done something you know correctly. Um, it's really going to stand out, and that's something you don't want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. something you don't want because to happen. then you won't be a. You'll just you'll just be the bad guy in the bunch, won't you? Or yeah. the, the bad production yeah. in the bunch. You won't even give your you, you know your song a chance. Well, <laughs> if, I mean, uh, how sense. how long have you got before someone switches off your song? Re- realistically, probably a few seconds to capture someone, yeah. and, and if you haven't got yeah. them in that moment, and you're 100%. let down by your production value. No, it's so, I mean it's great. It's, we can think on that level of detail now. Yeah, it, it is yeah. because I I remember. Going back, I used to be involved in music as well, and I used to make my own tracks and rap and do a lot in the UK hip hop scene. And you know, we weren't really massively. Into, we'd love making the beat, but mastering and that kind of thing wasn't so great. Yeah, yeah. So you'd put your mm-hmm. CD, you know, and amongst everyone else's CD, and it'd get to your song, and it'd be like fifty percent of the volume than everyone else's song because it just wasn't mastered correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I, I, re- I remember those CDs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the back of the day. It's probably Max that you heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the music industry, you touched. We obviously touched on the fact that you you grew up. Um, on the folk music, your Bindrakians and your Golden Monarchs. And then obviously you had a bit of a Hindi inspiration into your mid-teens, late teens. And then yeah. obviously R&B has obviously been underlying there for a long time, yeah. as it is with a lot of people. But out of these genres, who did you idolize and who would you say that helped shape your voice? Who did you listen to? I kind of think, I love the way he does this. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of people. I mean, obviously... Um, I said right at the beginning it was Bindrakia because mm. as I said at that age you can sing on those keys and you can yeah. just belt it out <laughs> and sort of thing. Um, so in terms of artists, um, Jazzy B definitely stands out just because of how unique he was, um, how he carried himself, how he was in videos. I just love that he he had this sort of image that he didn't care what people thought about him and I found that quite inspirational, especially yeah. as an artist. You know, you need to sort of adopt kind of that sort of mentality because otherwise you'll just get eaten alive like yeah, on, a, on a daily basis. So mm. Jazzy B definitely sticks out. Diljeet sticks out because the thing with Diljeet's voice is that he does the folk stuff so well. Mm. But if you listen to his love songs, he can he can like kind of change his tone and he can match, you know, people like Arijit Singh and, and really sing those so soulful love songs so well. Um so it just shows his versatility in his voice. Um so yeah, Jazzy B, Diljeet, and obviously Odijit Singh. I've mentioned a couple of times as well with with the Bollywood stuff. He he's such a soulful singer, and like yeah. he's unbelievable. Uh, Sonu Nigam as well. Um, you know, with the all the old school oh, stuff yeah, as definitely. well with the Bollywood. Yeah. Sonu Nigam's uh, he was a pioneer in the yeah in Bollywood and and uh, and Hindi. But then also at the same time, you you touched on Diljeet, and I think Diljeet is a really really good example of how artists are crossing genres because. Yes, Dazzy yeah. B was a fantastic artist, and no doubt he he was the first controversially dressed artist. Yeah, yeah. Crazy haircuts, crazy yeah, outfits, yeah, yeah. big chains, <laughs> right? But in actual fact, people listen to his music. He got heard. He yeah, got seen. Sure. His videos yeah, exactly, attracted exactly. people. But I think Dilji, mm. on the other hand, he he's done it across several several platforms. I mean, he he's gone into yeah. Punjabi films. He's done straight up Bhangra music. And he's uh, yeah. he's dabbling in Bollywood and and he's a sensation in in India. So I think you're right in thinking that these artists are crossing over genres and obviously that's similar to yeah. yourself. So yeah, I think all the best to you when it when it comes to to that side of things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think obviously we've mentioned Diljeet, like the versatility is quite an important thing because for me as an artist, if I consistently made the same sort of song or the same genre of song, I would get bored. Mm-hmm. So um, I always try and do something different. I always try and deliver differently, whether it's in Punjabi, Hindi or English mm-hmm. or just, just to, you know, match the mood of the song. So, um, yeah, I think those sort of artists that can that can do everything like Diljeet, there's so many other artists out there that can do that as well. But um, but Diljeet does it so well. Yeah. I think that's what sticks out to me so much is that he does it. He do, it doesn't sound like he's forcing no. it. It right. just sounds natural to him, which is why I think he was probably one of the biggest inspirations. You You, you kind of... Uh, have the ability to create longevity when you can switch styles. I think, I think that's so important for an artist not to get pigeonholed into, you know, this is what you do and that's all you can do. I think people want to see versatility through an artist. And if you can bring that to the table, then you're, you're able to capture a wide audience than someone who just does love songs or just does this particular song. 
Definitely, definitely. What, yeah, I agree. So what? Uh, for, I mean, for me, from my side of the roots and rhymes a bit, I'm more on the rhymes. And I know you mentioned, you know, you were into R and B and stuff like that. Did that? Would you say that's had a major influence, or is it just something that's kind of just kind of been um, there and, and shaped things in a, in a small way? So for me, growing up, I think to be honest, like artists like Jay Sean, Ragav, because I didn't used to listen to so much mainstream music. They yeah. were sort of like the first, you know, yeah, exposure. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Because as I said, I was listening to whatever was was in the household. So I had quite a Desi Punjabi household. So we didn't really used to listen to much English mm. music. Mm-hmm. So they sort of broadened the horizons. Then obviously Chris Browns, you know, the Ushers, all those sort of people. I've really, yeah. really loved listening to. And and you just mentioned grime. Like now, I think in the past two three years i've listened to a lot of you know uk grime music uh, not that it's sort of i don't think it's influenced maybe me in terms of a vocalist but you know the types of beats that yeah. i'm looking for the type of music that I'm, I'm trying to go for that that's definitely influenced it you know like aj tracy mm. you know all these sort of people that are killing it mm. right now um h and all, all that kind of stuff they're quite mainstream um but um yeah so that's sort of crept in the past two three years I yeah say. i mean like we say, even though you're a vocalist, you've got to you've got to appreciate the kind of music that that's and and being yeah, produced. Yeah, I think that's a really good uh, point you touched on there. And so going back, so in 2011, you featured on Amin Here's The Entourage. How did that come about? That's almost yeah. ten years ago now. So I, I yeah, you, yeah, sixteen, God. seventeen years old. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really when I decided that I really want to pursue this now, and I want to try and you know um firstly get better at singing that was the main thing and that's when um i got in touch with um and he he had just done a song with my brother-in-law that you know brother-in-law he sonny hair you've oh, probably yeah, yeah, heard yeah. of him yeah, yeah. yeah um, and uh, and so he's my brother-in-law and um and and he knew that i was singing so i was doing shows at, at, at sort of charity events so i was doing shows um at my school at my college and all that kind of stuff so he knew that i had a shonk you know i had a passion mm. for for singing and he basically said, look, come to the studio. Amun wants to speak to you and he wants to hear you and and, and sort of take it from there. <clears throat> and then um, I sort of sang, uh, sang in front of Amun and he was like, okay, now we've got this band, the Entourage Band. And as you know, Sonny's already back doing backing vocals. You're more than welcome to learn off everybody in the band, learn off me, learn off Ngreja Jali, and, and really improve your voice and, and, and sort of find your feet in terms of a vocalist. Yeah. And, because because for me, I knew I wanted to do it, but I wanted to make sure I did it sort of the mm-hmm. right way. And I wanted exposure from really grounded people that didn't sell you dreams yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So I toured with the Entourage Live Band doing weddings, melee, all sorts of stuff, singing, with, uh, sort of backing backing for loads of artists like Ngreja Ali. Um, I mentioned obviously Benny Dariwal, mm-hmm. uh, Dev Dillon at the time, and... Um, Gita Jaldar, Ekunda um, Billa, so all these sort of artists that I was doing backing vocals for. But you can imagine how much I was learning. Absolutely, I was just going to say to be in artists. the same room as some of them people. It's, yeah, that's a it's a lesson yeah. in itself. Just to to either yeah. hear them speak or to hear them to hear them speak as an inspiration, but to to hear them sing and yeah. to to be backing for them. If anything, that's yeah. that's really going to elevate your um, your desire to. The want to become a vocalist, isn't it? Hundred percent. That that time was invaluable. It was I think it was like five or six years, maybe even seven years. It stretched to where I was doing all these shows and, and sitting with all these uh, singers. I have to point out and gradually because for me, he is probably the best live performer I've ever heard. Really, um, his oh. what he does with his voice, he does it so yeah. like naturally. It's not forced, and he can hold a stage for a couple of hours, and you won't even hear his voice break. Uh, it's, it's I, unbelievable. I don't think there's he enough one singers the like that these days. You know what I mean? The 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 re, the reason the reason they're cut from a different type of cloth, aren't they? Really? Is that is that what you say you're trying to 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 replicate? Because there's a lot of people who want to, you know, do things in their in their own way and record in this kind of digit digital era. It yeah, sounds yeah. to me that you want to pay homage to those people who have come before you and respect that tradition and take it forward. Yeah, definitely. I've got so much respect for anybody who's come before me and, and especially, you know, those singers that can sing live with a live band. That was something that I really wanted to do um, because when you have live musicians on stage with you um, uh, and you're singing live, that feeling that you get it's 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 nothing compared to singing on a CD or you know singing on a PA. It's completely different. Um, so what you can do on stage is unreal, and and I can see it in you know in the audience as well. When when you have a live band with you, 
the, the response is completely different and they appreciate it a lot more because there's so much talent on stage. Not Forget about the singer for a second, but if you've taken all the musicians on stage with you, the amount of talent that is on yeah. that stage is just ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what I always, that, that thrill on, that I used to have on stage, it's watching the singer look, you know, how much I learned off all the musicians as well. It was such oh, yeah. a you, crazy Oh yeah, you learn experience. a great deal about timing and uh, a great deal about um, oh, yeah. the, the actual instruments themselves and how they come in and how they sound live because... There is something nostalgic and something that touches you when you hear analog sound as opposed to it coming through mm. speakers. It's yeah. yeah. the reason why yeah. we all go to concerts as well, because you want to see someone physically yeah. singing in front of you or a band play or that kind of thing. Unfortunately, yes, in, in the industry that we're in, sometimes budgets don't allow for, for live bands and that kind of yeah. thing. So PA is exactly, the only way yeah. you get any kind of live exposure, but... I like you say that I think yeah. the general feeling and it, and it's becoming more more and more popular now there's more bands propping up in different mm. areas of the country so it's becoming more accessible for the people something special about live performance isn't there live music live performance it's uh it's you know hopefully going to continue to be in people's minds new artists that that because it's easy to do you know play a song and sing along to it or just yeah, you know, use use a system but this magic involved when there's live performances and, and you know, yeah. like, like you mentioned there, so much talent on one stage. Mm. It's incredible to see. Yeah. It really so is. It really moving is. forward into 2016, you released Bangra de Sardar. Uh, and t- again, taking mm-hmm. advantage of that Amon Hair production and obviously probably utilizing that relationship that you built with him um, in 2011. What was the journey yeah. like from when you featured then? to 2016 because it was about five years there what what were you involved with in between that time and how were you shaping your game um I, I, as, as i was saying i was i was sort of learning off all these singers and, and sitting down with them gradually sitting down with them and, but also sitting down in the studio with them as well so not just learning how to sing um you know live it was it was sort of seeing how a song was actually made and and the process of it all so um whether it came down to composition, lyrics, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, post uh, pre-production, all that kind of stuff. So, it 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 was it was a time of learning and, and and that's why it was such a long period of time because i had to learn yeah. so much in that time the, the, a lot of people said to me you know um when, when i joined the entourage i expected a song within six months within 12 months but that was never my intention it was always to it was always to learn learn as much as i could and then when i felt i was ready strong enough as a vocalist and, and mentally strong enough as well and knew what to expect that that's when i decided then to obviously release Bangladesh. yeah because in, with in between that time there were a few um like live sessions that you did like covers and that kind of stuff in the studio that you, yeah, that you yeah, put out yeah, was yeah, that all was. part of perfecting your game and trying to create your vocal range and yeah and that kind of- I, th- I think it yeah i think it was i mean um you especially in that stage you, you you're sort of anxious about how people are going to perceive you so with those covers it was sort of me firing it out there and as like a test and seeing what the response was, whether they liked that sort of thing or like that sort of thing. I remember I did a cover to Brown Rung and um, Zulfa, yeah. I think it was, I made a mashup of that. <laughs> that was the first thing I had ever recorded and put out and people loved it. But but obviously it was completely different to what people were expecting me to do, being from yeah, a live yeah, Bangladesh yeah, band. Definitely. You know, you can imagine Brown Rung was this digital sort of auto-tune-y um, style to it and and... and and then I came out with um, a cover to Look Luck, uh, yeah, yeah, Ocean yeah. Prince's song, and that was that was a Pongra song. So I was just trying to see how people would perceive my vocal in those two different styles. So those were the main two I can think of. Yeah, I probably yeah, yeah. did more, but I, I can't remember. But um, I think it was just a testing ground. And 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 uh, before I released my initial single, I just wanted to see how people perceived it, how I, listening back to it, what perceived myself as well, and if I felt like I was ready or not. So I think it was just all you know a part of the journey and a part of the learning process. So you decided to go down the route of a Punjabi Bhangra song with Bhangra de Sardar, which I read yeah. as well that your your brother wrote that, did he? Janelle? Yeah, yes. So yeah, Janelle, um, he's my dad, okay. so he's my uncle's son, but because we lived next to each other, he's my big brother, man. He, he's well, that, brother. that's the other element, he's how you brother, getting so. family involved, being so close to family and it, it being within your household, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably extends to that, doesn't it? Exactly. It does. It really does. And obviously, they, they my whole family have been involved in, in, in seeing me 
sort of want to you know journey through this and 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 you know my journey through as an artist so they obviously would would help wherever they could help and and Janelle especially he loved writing and he and he was his Punjabi was very is very good um whereas at that time I was still learning off my Bibi mm. and Baba and yeah. he was a lot older than me so he had that experience and you know um so he, yeah he he wrote the first song I came up with the melodies and uh, and and we showed Uman the the, the the song and and he loved it because obviously he's he is a Pung, UK Pongra yeah. pioneer really mm. um uh and and yeah that oh, that's brilliant. how that, that song was released was made. on VIP records wasn't it yeah that was released on VIP but in quick succession you then brought out Bella Biard with uh, Harps and Rackstar yeah. which was a completely different style mm-hmm. so it was was this still yeah, airing yeah. on that experimentation which we you were doing uh, after uh, after the entourage yeah. band so kind of thinking okay i just don't yeah. want to show people maybe one side of my voice let's try something different and see see mm-hmm. what sticks yeah it was exactly that so um for me i think at that point bangladesh songs like they they were really my comfort zone so that's why i decided to to do a bangladesh song to begin with i thought you know i'm comfortable with this let's let's make a strong bangladesh song and let's get it out <clears throat> and see how people how how people you know react to it um, and at that time, as I was saying previously, you know, the Hindi melodies and all that sort of romantic vibe was was also was there, and I was trying to perfect that style of singing as well. So, Bella um, Piar was sort of made a, sort of a couple of weeks after releasing Pongreda mm. Sadar, and that, that and I wanted to make sure that um, I didn't leave huge gaps in yep. between releasing songs, so that's why it came so soon after. Um, and then obviously working with Rockstar as well was was invaluable um, because he gave a completely mm. different flavour to the song and his verse on that song I think is is amazing. So um, yeah, it, it was it was it was it was meant to be quick. It was meant to sort of kind of build a momentum almost and and, and show that okay he can do. Sort so of both so how things. did the collaboration come about with Rockstar? So at that time um, I had been speaking to DJ Harps for a while and he was really the the plug to Rockstar because he he had he'd been working yeah. with him for quite a while. Um, so it was it was simple as sort of um, well actually we, we had done my part to the song and then Harps was Harps was sort of saying oh well you know I'm working with Rackstar and I showed him the song and he he actually really likes it sort of thing and um, Rackstar what was was sort of saying was was I was I interested and of course I was interested you know, I was a new artist and and it was a stupid question I I was like you don't even you shouldn't have even asked me you should have yeah, just yeah. put him on the track straight away but. Um, yeah, so that's how it happened. So Harps and Rax were quite, were close at that point, and they were making so much music together. So it kind of happened through, oh, through Harps. So mm-hmm. what what would you say about people that are trying to put you in a bracket? Because, like you say, you love Hindi, you love romantic, you love uh, Punjabi, yeah. you love R and B, and then what if people turned around? What, what would you say to the people that turned around and said, "Oh, he's a he's a Bangladesh singer. He's a, yeah. he's nah, he's a, he's a bit too filmy for me, or something like that." <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I'd, I don't like be putting into a bracket, but, um, you know, obviously throughout the years I've, I've sort of honed in on my own style, unique style. And I think if there was a bracket you had to put me in, it would, it would be like a sort of urban okay. Asian desi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's a fusion, mm. it's a fusion yeah. style. Um, um, but, but being in a fusion style, you're going to get sort of, sometimes one's going to, sort of lean towards one certain genre, Absolutely. one's going to lean towards yeah. another certain genre, but it's right. always going to be a, it's always going to be a fusion. That's something which, um, you know, I'm trying to make apparent now is that that is me because growing up in England, um, having all these, you know, inspirations growing up from Punjabi, from Hindi, from mainstream English music. If, if I am going to really represent myself as an artist, it has to, that's, that is the kind of, you can put it into a bracket, but that bracket is so broad. Yeah. Um, it's that urban Asian you know what? Desi sort of bracket. I, th- I think you've touched on a really good point there because that's exactly what we we want to discuss on this podcast. We want to we talk about how British Asians or British uh, Punjabi guys, such as ourselves, have been influenced by various yeah. different genres, and uh, we don't necessarily want to be put in a box. We we want to mm-hmm. basically diversify. We we we've, we've got inspiration from various different areas. I mean, myself, I, I grew up listening to Punjabi music. Yes, but I was a massive English R and B hip hop fan growing up as well. I'm, I will probably listen yeah. to Bhangra until the day I die. But if someone said to me, if you had to play, <laughs> what music do you play when you DJ? It's hip hop and R and B. I wouldn't class myself as a Bhangra DJ. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is with Mac as well, yeah, Mac, yeah. your journey is that you didn't really listen to much Bhangra, did you? 
No, and it goes back to what you said at the start. It's what you're exposed to, isn't it? It's what other people around yeah. you are listening to from a young age. And I just never was that, ex- it was around me, but the majority of my influences were people that were heavily into hip hop and R&B. So you soak, you soak that yeah. up. But the most interesting thing for me in all the discussions we've had and with you as well, and I think it's really beautiful, your journey, how it involves your family, how it involves all these different things is that, you know, through music and us as people, Yes, we've been brought up in a certain culture, but we're all evolving over time. We're all doing it our own way. It's We're all spinning it in the way that feels right to us. And I think that's such a great thing because this is where creativity breeds from, is those different people with different influences doing it in the style that makes sense to them. And I just think mm-hmm. that's such a great thing. And you're doing it so well. It's so refreshing to see an artist say, no, I take influences from all these different places. I listen to grime, even though it's not going to directly influence my stuff. I need to know what's going on. And to also to pay respect to those who have come before you as well. It's a really rounded approach to take and it's, it's a really great journey. And, you know, I look forward to seeing it continue. I appreciate that. that. Of course we move on to recent times. You, you just made a huge collaboration with the Richard Rich projects. And obviously you touched on people like Jay Sean were your inspiration. So obviously it goes without saying that maybe the Rishi Rich Project era was maybe the sound of your teens. Um, so yeah, how did that yeah. how did that come about? Yeah. I mean, that's really exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, it it's, it it didn't seem it was it was crazy because with, with any sort of collaborations I've done to date, it was me sort of mm. instigating it to a, to a sense where I was reaching out <clears throat> to work with people. For for example, you know, I, I did a song with Pav Dari. I reached out to him. I, I did a song, a couple songs with Prophecy. I reached out to him. Um, and and with this one it was they sort of approached me so i was i was i was in disbelief to be honest because um you know uh when dance with you came out i think i was like nine or ten years old so um i grew up to rishi rich um you know rishi rich juggy d mm. <laughs> and 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 obviously jay sean you mentioned so for for an artist and for a producer that you've grown up sort of listening to idolizing and for them to sort of come to you and say, you know, we want to do something with you, like that. I've, I've said it before. This this collabor- collaboration Absolutely. was a dream come true for me. Yeah. It, it was amazing i mean because you know it happened as i said in lockdown so i would in my mindset i was like okay what's going to really happen now you know uh, i'm going to try and make some music and i was failing at that as i was saying i had a writer's block so my head was all over the place but then it was a blessing really them them reaching out to me and, and talking about you know doing something together um and what i really like about what they're doing with with with, with their break the noise records with their new label is 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 they really want to push boundaries and get people collaborating yeah. that wouldn't usually collaborate as I was saying with fusions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, it, it, it was a dream come true for me. To, and it's got, it's got Rush Thord on the sound who is basically a completely he's He's yeah. a, a rapper really, isn't he? For, I think he's based out of San, yeah, San Francisco. Is, yeah. So I think utilizing the lockdown yeah. technology side of things, you've got Rishi who is either here yeah. or is in Mumbai half of the year. You've got yourself uh, in the UK and then you've got, rush in san francisco and that this idea came in lockdown and it was released in lockdown yeah. it just goes to show as well how quickly you can make yeah. things move if, if everybody's on the same page yeah i feel like it, it, it was i hate to I hate to use this term but it was like it was almost mm. if it was meant to be because everyone who was involved that it felt so natural and organic to everyone with all the artists involved it just happened so easily so with 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 me personally, when they sent me the song, I did my bits in, in two hours or whatever it was. And I sent, sent it them, you know, on the same day, uh, in the same day. And, and then with Rush's um, verses and what he did, he did it again in a couple of hours and sent his bits. So it just happened so organically. And that's when, you know, you get a good feeling inside that, okay, yeah, this is, this is going in the right direction. And it feels no, it's right. an absolutely fantastic tune and, um, and good luck with the, the rest of the, the, the campaign and, and pushing it because, I think there's uh, yeah. there's big things to come, isn't there, on the on the record label as well? Yeah, they've got a lot of um, a lot of things happening um, uh, with the label. A lot of new artists from India, from uh, UK and America, 
but I know they're also working with some big names as well. So it's 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 good to see that they you know trying to push newer artists. Um, and and yeah, I mean f- for it to be the first song on the label as well, that it obviously brought a lot of pressure. But um, you know, it's it's a crazy and amazing feeling. Not one beat, not two beats. It's the three beats. So Jakar, we asked you what are the three songs that you could play on repeat over and over again. Give us your first. So the first song was Kali Kite Mil by Kurinder Tillon. You know what? I, I, remember, I remember when this song came out and it was during the, the new resurgence of UK Bhangra and, and the way that it yeah, drops yeah. with the, the little, um, could you call it a thumbi or a little piano? And then the way the door yeah, comes yeah, in as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, yeah, yeah, it was so catchy. And that's why I think I, think I can listen to that song forever is that... Uh, I, I, can't, I don't know how old it was when it came out but things just stick to your head you, your mind's like yeah. a sponge when you're a child growing up and um, that, as you said that sort of um, I think it, it wasn't a thumbi but the way yeah, he played yeah, it yeah, sounded yeah. like a thumbi if that makes sense it was a keyboard sound but the way he played it sounded like a thumbi and that tune is is just so catchy and it, for some reason like even now when I listen to it it just still sounds fresh so that's why it's definitely one that I can, Absolutely. That can play you know forever it, it's one of them classics like even when you're in the car or it played on the dance floor or no matter where you was because it's funny that you actually yeah, mentioned yeah. this song a few weeks ago it came on an old playlist in the car and and it yeah. came on and the missus was like what a tune and obviously I, I first heard that <laughs> yeah. tune long before I met my wife and she was like oh my god yeah. I haven't heard this for a time and then when it when it just breaks down and it's just the vocals everybody sings I mean like yeah. I, yeah, everyone sings. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's a natural yeah, thing to yeah. do is just to everybody, sing with that no bit drops. If you're a vocalist or not, which I'm not, <laughs> FYI, in the car, everybody's a singer when it comes to that. Street. Oh, yeah, that's a definitely. brilliant number one, Mac. Do you remember? Do you remember listening to that song when we were? What was it? Early I, I uni, do... college days for us. Yeah, I mean, like I say, there's you know, it's really interesting. Your your the three songs that you picked because you know when you're not necessarily a bhangra head and you don't really know the ins and outs of every type of music that's coming out there's, you know there's, I never claim to be that but the thing is when you're not that into it there are certain songs that you're like that's a banger I don't have to appreciate yeah. the whole genre to know that song exactly is slamming and you know <laughs> when you pick that song and I re-listened to it as well and I was like that's one for me that crossed over that boundary of like I'm a casual listener to Arj I want to listen to that song and that's the sign of it for me not being a massive Bhangra listener that's something that really shines out there's a handful of songs in my from my youth and and, you know today that I'll say I really like that song I don't know enough about the industry to, to try and be an expert but there's these certain songs that get stuck in your mind and they're just like yeah. it's a great tune and Can't I was really <laughs> pleased that you picked that one because that was one for me yeah. that's like that is one of those tunes that has stuck with that me that you listen to that's, that's good one that's like, it, is, it is one of those songs so that's a solid number one that's a solid number one what's your number two? so number two is Tera Yaar Bolda by Bindrakia again again yeah. an absolute cross yeah cr- like classic that yeah. crosses over and that you don't need it's like you know it's, it's I think for me when I think about Bhangra, there's certain songs that are like in the Hall of Fame that yeah, even yeah, if you're a yeah. casual Bhangra listener to, you know that song. I think that's spot mm. on. It is a Hall of Famer. Your second choice. Yeah, it is spot on. It's your second choice is one of those things that like, what is that like, you know, the Mount Rushmore of <laughs> Bhangra music? Well, this would be on there. It's like it's one of it those things. Be, so what's your, yeah, what's your yeah, earliest memories of this song? What <laughs> put it into the top three? This one's actually quite a special song for me because um, when this song was released, I was in India. Um, so I was quite young. I think I was mm. sort of seven, eight, maybe, maybe, maybe a bit older. Um, and the song had just come out, or it was fairly recently released. And it was we had this really yeah. small TV mm-hmm. um, in the bend. It was like a yeah. six, seven inch, big, massive TV. And 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 um, we recorded Terayarbolda because the, the video was playing at that time on on the couple of channels that were uh, were around then. And I remember having it on repeat for the whole day and just watching yeah. it and like dancing and just, it was on repeat the whole day. And that's why that song always is, is going to be a special one because my mom still talks about it today. Like she remembers mm. me, remembers that day in particular, my Buddha Baba, who's not no longer with us, but he he talk, he used to, you know, talk about that song a lot as well. So it's a special one because um, 
Yeah, I was I was addicted to that song. It's, fa- it's, fa- it's safe to say I was fully addicted to it and just mesmerized by the vocals, by the music, and even the visuals. Because you know, um, Bindaraki, he had a really strong image about him, um, and he was a proud singer. And uh, you know, he, I think there was a horse in the video as well. And like, there was just loads of things attached to that song, which um, which you know, worked really well. It's a it's a really great choice, and it's it's great when music sparks nostalgia as well just like when yeah. you were younger you were playing it over and over again you could still do that now yeah, yeah and, and you know it's it's more than you know the best musical memories are more than the music it's more than the sound it's more than that it's you know the artist what he stands for it's the music yeah. and what it means but you know so many things that you've mentioned which i just want to pick up on is family you know you spoke about your brother uh, your brother and you know, yeah, it's your, it's your Daya's son, but we don't know cousins in our culture. <laughs> yeah, we yeah know no, they don't exist. They, they don't, don't exist. exist. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned him, you mentioned your brother-in-law, and now you're talking about people who are no longer with us. But that sense of family and love and connection, and that's what music can do. That's what the best songs do, don't they? They unite us yeah. all as a family, yeah. as a race, as a, you know, regardless of race, music has the ability to just bring people together. And that's why these memories are so beautiful when you, talk about them because yeah. it's more than the music yeah definitely so many memories attached to certain songs and yeah but whenever you listen to that song all those memories sort of pass through your mind and yeah th- i think that's why they these two songs in particular stick out brilliant brilliant another solid number two matt yep we're, we're on a good run <laughs> yeah yeah we're on a good run okay what's your what's your final three pete the third you gotta end on a high here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's number three it, it's gotta be dance with you uh rishi rich projects you know jay sean juggy and rishi can't, you know what that would can't argue that with was, that at all can't <laughs> argue with it you know why you can't argue with it because it changed the industry yeah it changed it changed it completely so tell us tell us the story behind this one what, what made you pick this one for number three I think I think it was around as I said I was around nine or ten years old when that when the, that came out and I think it was the first time my family or even I started singing in, in, in English um, because of Jay Sean's line, lines I wasn't really exposed to English music growing up so it was the first time where Punjabi and English was mixed together so seamless, seamlessly and, and, and it was just the music as well the flutes mm. that the, the, you know that initial flute that comes yeah, in yeah, um, yeah, it was yeah. so catchy and, and it was something that it was I so Richie Rich as yeah, well it was he, so, he made that sound he made that sound and it was nothing like I'd heard before yeah. so that kind of opened my musical you know sort of inspirations then I started looking to R&B then I started looking to English post that point because I thought mm-hmm. you know this is people can actually make music that has Punjabi and English in it yeah. and and then mm-hmm. they actually performed on like Top of the Pops and they were they were charting in the mainstream yeah. with yeah. this song and uh, I was like whoa like that's crazy to, for, for that to be happening and yeah. yeah that's why this is such a you know a pivotal pivotal song I kid you know I, I queued up in HMV to get the vinyl sign yeah, from go, them man. in go, Bradford. Man. Like you, you didn't see that. You since when did a, an Indian artist yeah. or someone that you could identify? Oh, they're they're the same as me. Yeah, yeah. They you, were, could, you could never queue up in HMV to get your vinyl sign. I think I think up until like that point, British Asians, especially sort of our generation, weren't really ever represented in right. in. in, in, no. in and they were the first people to do it and actually do it properly yeah and, and do it justice so yeah man kudos to them they're pioneers for, for that whole I moment. completely agree and I love this pick I love this pick yeah. for so many reasons because it's a great tune standalone it's the sound of a generation you talk about that flute sound and you know when that flute sound you know when any kind of flute like that comes you use like Rishi Rich that's Rishi Rich's yeah. sound I know Timberland Absolutely. used it a little bit here and there but it was also like you say, we were underrepresented at that time, and it gave the youth something to say. No, it's 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 cool to be who you are because we're going to push it yeah. in front of people's faces. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. can't think back now, but you know, I think in and around the same sort of time that goodness gracious me was kind of. A, I think it was kind of around that that time. It was, like, I think, yeah. Uh, you know, so we were yeah. starting to see brown if, faces if not, in the media. It was a year or two before. Yeah, but yeah we it was around to see that time. Brown face in the media, but for, again, they pushed it and said. We're going to do this and do it properly. And you lot can get behind this and feel proud of who you are. And it was the yeah. first time that real fusion happened where, you know, it brought people like me who's been R&B all my life going, ah, our people doing R&B, you know, yeah, Jay Sean yeah, doing yeah, it, Juggy yeah, yeah. D bringing yeah. his, the traditional side of it. It's like, this is, we can get behind this. This is, makes us feel more accepted within society. So it's a, it's a, it's impacts 
on us as a generation is is huge. I think that's just that song is probably the sound of you know of our generation in terms of what yeah. it did for R and B. You know what? Even down to the 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 minute details as well. I know we touched on obviously the sound, the flute, and Jay Sean on the R and B vibe, and Juggedy on the the Punjabi vibe. But look at the video. There's a bunch of guys playing football and just yeah. dancing on the street in front the of streets, yeah. shut us down. That was how we grew up. We used to play footy on the street. You know yeah, what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and that represented us. Juggy D was singing Punjabi, but he was wearing an Adidas top. Yeah, and he pioneered yeah, wearing image. them Adidas tops. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody went to JD Sports and yeah. bought them Adidas top. That's so you true. I mean? it, it, was, it was a sound. It was a, a vision. It was, they were pioneers of our, was, our generation, I think. Brilliantly oh, still executed. Are, I mean, I mean, re- yeah, re- re- for you and, and for you now to be working with that guy, I mean, I know yeah. you mentioned how much of a, a dream come true that is, but you know, it's, it just must be, must blow your mind to think, you know, that guy making that song, making that impact. I'm now working with him. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing. It's, it's a crazy, crazy feeling. I want to pick up on a point as well, where you, you talked about how, um, you know, they made it cool to listen to Punjabi music. I remember when, when when I used to go to school, when I used to have headphones on, I think I think especially you know British Asians, they kind of didn't want to get caught listening to either Hindi <laughs> yeah, yeah, music yeah. or Punjabi music. Yeah, someone you know? said what you're listening to. Oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Michael yeah, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But the thing is, with this song, people were driving, blasting this song song in their cars with their windows down. When previously yeah. they would have their windows up and it'll be you know slightly lower lower in yeah, the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know they made it cool, man. And 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 that's why you know I think as as we've already mentioned, it's such a it was such a you know pioneering movement that that whole Richie Rich project was because yeah they made Punjabi cool, they made British Asians cool as yeah. well. The image that they portrayed and yeah they just represented us really well, man. That that was a crazy brilliant. Time. I, I think once again, Matt, we've got a solid. Solid three-peat there. Amazing, amazing, you know, traditional, modern, pioneering, family memories. You know, it's, it's the full, it's the full spectrum. And I think, you know, that's, that's a great, a great three-peat. We, we're probably going to have to do a vote on who's got the best three-peat because it means some great you know what, ones. I th- I, you know what, as well, I think we're really starting to paint a picture here as well. Of the kind of, uh, kind of tunes that are inspirate, uh, inspiring, yeah. Um, yeah. some of the people that we're getting on here. Yeah. And obviously we've got more episodes to come and it'll continue to paint that picture. Uh, which is exactly what we're trying to do. So, Jadad, thank you very much for your three P. This is the part of the show where we ask, are you roots or rhymes? Okay, so the final question of the show, we end every single episode in the same way. Jadad, are you roots or are you rhymes? (laughs) You know, I don't think there's a direct answer for this. I don't don't think it's, um, it's so straightforward because... As as you know, we've talked about you know my Desi influences growing up. So they they're really my roots is that folk Desi, you know Punjabi Bangla music, and then we talk about sort of um, you know the Hindi and the English, and and I sort of put myself into that category of an urban Asian artist. So um, yeah. and it being so broad, I think I'm an amalgamation of both roots and rhyme. I'm not one or the other. Um, okay, and, and I know you probably don't want that answer. It's no, <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Definitely. Um, so I think I think I am. I I, I don't want to be that sort of person that completely forgets their roots and and doesn't represent you know what really you know shaped me up to to be who I am. Um, but at the same time, the rhymes that that sort of aspect of it, all those influences growing up that sort of had that impact on my music. I have to say I'm, I'm somewhere in between maybe, maybe more so going towards rhyme potentially because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, experimenting with new sort of modern ways of, of, of singing and, 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 you know, coming up with lyrics and, and, and composition. So yeah, I would say probably in the middle, but more towards rhymes, if I'm going to be completely honest now. Yeah. In terms of what music I'm creating now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what guys, all the listeners look out for that. And Jadar, this is your opportunity to plug what you've got going on. Tell the listeners your Instagram handles, what you're doing, what you're what you're having for dinner tonight. It's your opportunity. <laughs> Let them know. So yeah, so we've just released um, um, a new single called Das Detu on um, Break the Noise uh, Records, which is um, which is Rishi Rich's new record label based in Mumbai. And um, yeah, make sure you go check out that song. Um, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, I'm everywhere, TikTok even now. So it's at Jagdar Dule. So just make sure you go and check the song out, give it a chance. And if you don't like that song, then go and listen to my other songs because, you know, I do vary in styles, I do vary in genres. So 
um, you may if you even if you don't like Dust It All, you may like the other songs. And yeah, just vibe, spread the love, man. That's what it's all about. Wicked. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, brother. Take care of yourself. Good luck with Dust Thank It Do. Again, guys, if you haven't heard the tune, get out there. Spotify, Apple Music, it's on all of the platforms. Make sure you listen to it. Thank you for having me, man. Cheers. Oh, it's been a blessing. Good luck with everything. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Roots and Rhymes and all the tunes on today's show are available on Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just go to our Instagram page, link in the bio and send yourself there. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.